When's the best time for me to claim Social Security? I can't tell you how many times I've heard that question at Reap Financial. Hey, I'm Chris Herline, Wealth Manager and host of Wealth Radio here on News Radio KLBJ. I wish that was an easy question to answer, but it really does depend on a few different factors. And what many of the successful families we work with find is that sometimes it doesn't pay to wait. So find out the top things to consider when it comes to Social Security with my latest wealth report. Just email me now, chris at wealthradio.com, and put Social Security in the subject line. That's chris at wealthradio.com. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. It is 532 here on the Friday edition of the Todd and Oz Show. So glad you chose to join us. Yeah, dive in at 512-836-0590. You could use that same number to text us as well. We begin with the big stories. The Supreme Court justices heard arguments yesterday on whether Donald Trump should be kicked off of the 2024 ballot in Colorado. And they appear to be leaning in favor of the former president. After landmark arguments, the Supreme Court seems poised to reject efforts aimed at kicking Donald Trump off this year's presidential ballot over the Capitol riot. We'll hear argument this morning in case 23-719, Trump versus Anderson. Mr. Mitchell? The arguments were over Trump's appeal of a Colorado high court ruling that he's ineligible for the ballot for taking part in an insurrection, citing an obscure Civil War era clause. The Colorado Supreme Court's decision is wrong and should be reversed for numerous independent reasons. Trump lawyer Jonathan Mitchell says allowing the ruling to stay in place would essentially nullify voting rights. Take away the votes of potentially tens of millions of Americans. But Jason Murray, who argued for the Colorado voters who brought the case. By engaging in insurrection against the Constitution, President Trump disqualified himself from public office. There was a little discussion thereafter about insurrection. Instead, both the liberal and conservative justices were skeptical about a state's bid to keep Trump off the ballot. I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. That was liberal Elena Kagan, for whom Murray once was a clerk. Conservative Chief Justice John Roberts fears a ruling for Colorado would embolden other states to target candidates they don't like. In very quick order, I would expect, um, although my predictions have never been correct, uh, I would expect that uh, you know, a goodly number of states will say, uh, whoever the Democratic candidate is, you're off the ballot, and others... Uh, for the Republican candidate, you're off the ballot. The justices could act quickly, possibly by Super Tuesday on March 5th, when Colorado and 14 other states will hold primaries. A definitive ruling for Trump would largely end efforts to keep his name off the ballot, while a ruling to uphold the Colorado decision would amount to a stunning declaration that Trump did engage in insurrection and is barred from holding office. The justices could also opt for a less conclusive outcome, knowing the issue might eventually come back to them. Sagar Magani, Washington. It is 535. A special counsel report release found that evidence that President Joe Biden willfully retained and shared highly classified information when he was a private citizen, including about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan, but concluded that criminal charges would not be pursued because the report described the 81-year-old Democrat's memory as hazy, fuzzy, faulty and poor and having significant limitations. 
The report also indicated that Joe Biden could not recall defining milestones in his own life, including when his son Bo died and when he served as vice president. Special counsel Robert Hur said in the report that his investigation found President Biden did willfully retain and share highly classified information when he was a private citizen. Some of the information is said to have surrounded military and foreign policy in Afghanistan. But Hur said that criminal charges are not warranted against Biden in the case. In the report, he referred to the president as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a bad memory. Yeah, my memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president. President Biden addressed the nation after the report was released and spoke to reporters. I'm well-meaning and I'm an elderly man and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. The president said that he cooperated completely with the investigation. I did not throw up any roadblocks. I sought no delays. In fact, I was so determined to give the special counsel what he needed, I went forward with a five-hour in-person, five-hour in-person interview over two days. The report indicated Biden shared the information with a ghostwriter, which he denies, but her suggested the DOJ would not be able to prove Biden's intent because of an advanced age that made him forgetful. Biden went after the special counsel about asking to share what he remembered about his son Bo's death. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Biden's lawyers are publicly disputing the report's assessment of the president's memory and the president himself quick to try to clear his name. The decision to decline criminal charges was straightforward. The evidence suggests that Mr. Biden did not willfully retain these documents. He pointed directly to former President Trump, who's being investigated after classified documents were found at Mar-a-Lago. After giving multiple chances to return classified documents to avoid prosecution, Mr. Trump allegedly did the opposite. According to the indictment, he not only refused to return the documents for many months, he also obstructed justice by enlisting others to destroy evidence and then to lie about it. President Trump says the effort to go after him as a witch hunt, and as the campaign season ramps up, many political experts believe that the Biden campaign will tread lightly when it comes to mentioning the Trump classified documents case. I'm Clayton Neville. It is 538. Two people from Austin are accused of trafficking a teenager from Kansas. Judy Myers and Christopher Mitchell, a mother and son duo, are facing charges after police say they brought a teen to Austin from Wichita. After uh, she ran away from a state-run facility, police say license plate readers helped track the car down on its way back to Austin. Earlier this week, police say Mitchell was spotted heading to his mother's house where he picked up the teen and then drove her back to his apartment. He was later arrested along with Myers. Governor Greg Abbott has made another trip to Eagle Pass this week, and this time he was joined by a number of state lawmakers. The state is in a fight with the federal government over immigration. Abbott says DPS has made over 39,000 criminal arrests, apprehended over 480,000 illegal migrants, deterred over 95,000 illegal entries, and filed 19,000 charges for smuggling. He says Texas has placed over 160 miles of barriers up, and he says we're the only state in the history of the country to build their own wall. If you look at the amount of wall already constructed, and uh, the amount of wall that uh, is going to be under construction, Texas will have built more of the Trump border wall than even Trump built in the state of Texas. He claims while Texas represents two-thirds of the border with Mexico, it now represents only 30% of the crossings. 
That is reporter Barbara Schwartz reporting. A big announcement by TxDOT this week that will benefit the homeless. Work is getting underway on overhauling I-35 between Ben White and 290 and TxDOT engineer Mike Ariano. He says they knew that people will be using those bridges and overpasses for cover would be impacted by the construction. We knew that we might be possibly uh, displacing the unhoused, and so we took proactive steps to uh, start an initiative to try to address this several years ago. And so he says TxDOT had decided to acquire seven additional acres of land for that state-run Esperanza homeless camp in Travis County. A camp nearly has nearly 200 small shelters, and additional land could double that capacity. The fight against opioid addiction continues in Austin, and it's an uphill battle. Over the past three months, Austin-Travis County EMS crews have seen an increase in overdose calls. KXAN's Nabil Ramadna has more on that story. And what we're seeing over the last three months is we've been plus 90 uh, opioid overdoses. From first-time users to addicts, old, young, men, women, north, south, east, and west, no one's immune and no area off limits. We kind of see it. Um, all over. Travis County EMS Commander Randy Chabra says fentanyl is finding its way into every kind of drug. It is um, in almost every single uh, illicit drug. In December, they saw a spike in overdoses for those experiencing homelessness. I don't know if it's a new product that has come into our community that they have accessed, um, but that we have seen an increase in that demographic. While many agencies are working to fight this epidemic, Chabra says his crews are working to help as well. We want to make sure uh, this person's okay. And then we start working into like, what do you need? What can we do for you? And so that might be education. It might be harm reduction where we're providing Narcan kits. Following up is important. In 2023, EMS received more than 4,500 calls related to overdoses. We provided a response to uh, just under uh, 1,300 of them in terms of uh, a follow-up response. Chabra says it's a continued fight to save lives, but education, more resources, and treatment can help. And they need help. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. Members of the Biden administration face some tough questions over accusations that it's been targeting certain Americans who were at the Capitol on January the 6th through their bank accounts. Here's Fox reporter Hillary Vaughn. I'm not taking questions. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen may not be taking questions from us, but she is facing them from lawmakers. As the Treasury Department is being accused of targeting Americans' bank transactions as part of its hunt for people involved in January 6th. Fox obtained recommendations distributed to banks telling them to look for red flags that could be a sign that someone is a homegrown violent extremist. That included political terms and transactions like Trump, MAGA, Biden, or Kamala, large purchases from Dick's Sporting Goods, Cabela's, or Bass Pro Shop, or purchases of any religious books. That is reporter uh, Hillary Vaughn. Now, the Treasury Department says the bank's cooperation is fully voluntary. A recent drone attacks on U.S. service members has increased the focus on our National Guard. Securing America. 41 National Guard members were among the U.S. troops injured in the recent drone attack in Jordan, which killed three American service members. The chief of the National Guard Bureau, General Dan Hokinson, says... It is a reminder the National Guard serves alongside our active duty and reserve teammates on the front lines as an operational force in a turbulent and ever-changing global security environment. Hokinson says that the National Guard makes up 20% of the total military and is the second largest unit behind the U.S. Army, which the general says allows the Guard to be extremely versatile. 
We do everything from deploying combat formations around the globe to missile defense of the homeland, protecting cyberspace, and conducting space operations. And at the same time, we respond to disasters in our communities. General Hokanson says that means guard units are always prepared. And continue to keep our promise to America to be always ready, always there. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. Five forty nine here on the Tadadash Show, and yeah, you could join us. Uh, jump in at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. The state's ag commissioner is supporting new efforts to deal with the feral hog problem that's plaguing Texas. Feral hogs are a huge problem in Texas and across the country, causing more than three billion dollars in crop damage, according to Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller, and that's why he's backing a newly approved pesticide that will kill them. It's called Kaput Feral Hog Bait, and it will be available this spring. Miller says the feral hog problem is only getting worse, and he wants to make sure Texas farmers and ranchers have all the tools they need to protect their crops and their land. That is Susan Darwin reporting. It is 551. January's blowouts on a Boeing jet putting a massive spotlight on airline safety. But it's not the only pressing problem facing the aviation industry. Fox on Tech. Virtual reality may be the solution to the pilot shortage. A company called Loft Dynamics launched its North American headquarters and I got to try out their new VR flight simulator. Now what makes Loft Simulator unique is it's one-tenth the size of traditional devices on the market, and it costs $1 million versus $20 million. So we're looking at a pilot shortage of about twelve to 13000 So training pilots on this type of simulator makes it much more accessible cost-wise. The other thing that has even the FAA excited is the potential to train emergency situations. Here's what former FAA Administrator Randy Babbitt and Loft Dynamics CEO Fabi Raisin had to say. Let's have an engine failure when we're only 100 feet in the air. Let's, let's uh, you know, have a problem with uh, oil pressure or something. Let, let's solve it. It's uh, more realistic. It's uh, much more affordable. And um, the, the access uh, makes it much easier for the pilots to train and uh, to get to the proficiency level. With Fox on Tech, Kelly O'Grady, Fox News. It is 5.52, and with a look at Friday business, here's reporter Jessica Edinger. Wall Street opens this morning after a winning day for the major averages, and the S&P 500 index touched 5,000. Well, we're like, welcome right there. Yeah, oh, no, no, we got it. We're here at the close. Look at that. We got it right at the close. Albeit briefly. Albeit briefly, CNBC's Mike Santoli and Scott Wapner there at the closing bell. The index did settle out three points below 5,000. Some investors not too worried about that milestone. We've had a huge move over the past year, and we just the markets kind of keep running. 5,000 um, is it behavioral? Sort of, a, in some ways, it's just a number that's kind of meaningless. You know, whether it's 49.99 or or above, doesn't matter. Looks pretty good. It's more than nothing. That's a good thing. FBB's Mike Bailey on CNBC. Another big winner yesterday was Arm. Its shares soared 60% in one day on blockbuster quarterly results and a strong forecast from the chip designer, which is bullish on artificial intelligence. Disney shares had their best day yesterday in more than three years. The Mouse House up 11%. It's been touting its deals with Fortnite's parent company, Epic Games, and of course with Taylor Swift. Disney Plus will stream her concert movie next month that includes an extra four songs. Mexico has now surpassed China as the leading source of goods imported into the U.S. 
That's the first time in more than 20 years. Sports apparel companies have been watching closely. Law enforcement in Las Vegas cracking down on fake merchandise this week ahead of the Super Bowl on Sunday. Law enforcement showing off a million dollars worth of counterfeit jerseys, T-shirts, caps, and more that was seized last weekend. Investors do watch consumer spending closely. It's up about two-thirds of U.S. economic growth, and it softened in January in the latest Bank of America Consumer Checkpoint report, but it may not be pointing to any problems with the economy. There may be a simple reason for it. We had extreme cold in the Midwest and the South. There was a lot of precipitation on the East Coast. Restaurant spending which had been growing at 3.6% in January with down 3.2%. People don't go out. Bank of America's Liz Everett Chrisberg on CNBC about on today's watch list, we get earnings from PepsiCo and AMC Networks. Today is Lunar New Year's Eve. The financial markets are closed in China and through much of Asia ahead of the Year of the Dragon, which begins tomorrow. That is reporter Jessica Edinger. A hearing on Capitol Hill this week to address the serious drug shortage in America. This is House Call for Health. The House Ways and Means Committee holding a hearing this week on chronic drug shortages in the U.S. Ohio Republican Congressman Jason Smith, the committee chair, says there are more than 250 medicines in short supply. Drugs to treat everything from blood clots to asthma. Doctors and experts talking about the risks to patients living in fear they might not get the treatments they need when they need them. Dr. Steven Schleicher, a chief medical officer for Tennessee Oncology, was among those testifying. As oncologists, we were suddenly faced with the near impossible task of determining which of our patients could receive our very limited drug supply. These are patients who are facing cancer, perhaps the scariest word in medicine, and are trusting us to guide them through their journey during one of the most vulnerable times of their lives. Economists tend to reason that drug shortages are generally self-correcting because excess demand typically drives up prices, boosting incentives to increase production. For more health news, go to foxnewshealth.com. House Call for Health, I'm Lisa Brady, Fox News. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. 605 here on the Friday edition of the Todd and Oz Show. And yeah, you can join us anytime you want at 512-836-0590. Use that same number to text us. Looks like the traffic may be uh, beginning to flow a little bit better. On southbound I-35, it looks very, there was a, a big crash there at Wells Branch, and traffic was backed up all the way into Round Rock past Texas 45. Uh, and it looks like it's starting to move a little bit now, according to uh, my data collection here. But listen, if you got an eyewitness report, we'd love to hear from you. Southbound I-35, the backup begins about Wells Branch, and uh, you know it's uh, just behind that starts to really build up. But it looks like it's starting to move a little bit now. Thank goodness, just in time uh, yeah, for just a morning morning commute. Yeah, uh, but if you've got an eyewitness report, please jump in at 512-836-0590. Listen, uh, we got a lot to get to this morning, and, and I guess it's safe to say that every Democrat in America this morning is waking up and asking themselves, who will be on the ballot in November of 2024? Mm. Because this special counsel report, to me, indicates that there's no way humanly possible... It would be ethical in any way to keep Joe Biden on the ballot in November of 2024. We can no longer make fun of him. That would be cruel and unusual. But Joe Biden, the president of the United States, has now become a special needs adult. I'm yeah. an elderly man and I know what the hell I'm doing. And needs to be replaced on the ballots. The question is, who do they have in mind? And what would they do if Kamala Harris puts up a fight? 
Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. After landmark... Yeah, now uh, this story involving the special counsel's report uh, that came out yesterday afternoon, it found evidence that President Joe Biden willfully retained and shared highly classified information when he was a private citizen, including about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan, but uh, concluded that they would not pursue the criminal charges because his memory was hazy, fuzzy, faulty, and poor, and has significant limitations. Uh, it noted that Joe Biden could not recall some defining milestones of his own life. The death of his son, when he served as vice president. Mm -hmm. This is a very damning report of the mental faculties of the president of the United States. Absolutely. And, and listen, if, if there was ever a time that, that we were going to invoke the 25th Amendment... I mean, it would have to be now. Well, we don't have to. We don't have to go that far. Uh, we have an elderly man that needs to be taken care of. The Biden family should encourage Joe that it's time to step down. I, that yes. would be the ethical thing to do. That would be the stand-up thing to do in the Biden family, right? Certainly resigning would be... Uh, uh, but, you know... Then, 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 what are we left with? You know, Gavin Newsom. Gavin that's, Newsom. I guess that's who they are, yeah. right? But the bottom line is, is Joe Biden has become a special needs adult. Yes, and he needs to be protected. Mm -hmm. After landmark arguments, the Supreme Court seems poised. Hang on a second. Here it is. Special Counsel Robert Hur said in the report that his investigation found President Biden did willfully retain and share highly classified information when he was a private citizen. Some of the information is said to have surrounded military and foreign policy in Afghanistan. But Hur said that criminal charges are not warranted against Biden in the case. In the report, he referred to the president as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a bad memory. Yeah, my memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president. President Biden addressed the nation after the report was released and spoke to reporters. I'm well-meaning and I'm an elderly man and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. The president said that he cooperated completely with the investigation. I did not throw up any roadblocks. I sought no delays. In fact, I was so determined to give the special counsel what he needed, I went forward with a five-hour in-person, five-hour in-person interview over two days. The report indicated Biden shared the information with a ghostwriter, which he denies, but her suggested the DOJ would not be able to prove Biden's intent because of an advanced age that made him forgetful. Biden went after the special counsel about asking to share what he remembered about his son Bo's death. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Biden's lawyers are publicly disputing the report's assessment of the president's memory and the president himself quick to try to clear his name. The decision to decline criminal charges was straightforward. The evidence suggests that Mr. Biden did not willfully retain these documents. He pointed directly to former President Trump, who's being investigated after classified documents were found at Mar-a-Lago. After giving multiple chances to return classified documents to avoid prosecution, Mr. Trump allegedly did the opposite. According to the indictment, he not only refused to return the documents for many months, he also obstructed justice by enlisting others to destroy evidence and then to lie about it. President Trump says the effort to go after him is a witch hunt, and as the campaign season ramps up, many political experts believe that the Biden campaign will tread lightly when it comes to mentioning the Trump classified documents case. Yeah. I'm Clayton Neville. Of course, or, Will. Yeah, of course. You can, I like old people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Trump is out there now. He's, he's saying, listen, you got to drop all this stuff against me now. Absolutely. Uh, immediately, yeah. if this is the case. 
and look, if if they've determined that that Joe Biden is just too old and feeble and mentally incompetent to even stand trial to be charged with something, why why do we feel like he's he he's still the guy who can run the nation, run the run the free world? He's not. Uh, yeah, the special counsel says he's not mentally there to stand trial and. Well, that obviously means he's not mentally to, to hold office. This, this should um, something needs to be done immediately. He was uh, he was pressed on this uh, by the press when he had this rare uh, performance in front of the the press and in, in, in addressing the nation in a in a briefing yesterday. He got mad. He got mad. But something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's, uh, that's, that's my memory. memory has gotten worse, Mr. President? My memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. Mr. President, Mr. President, voters have concerns about your age. How are you going to assuage them? And do you fear that this report is only going to fuel further concerns about your age? Only by some of you. 617 here on the Todd and Oz Show. Jump in at 512-836-0590. Now, Joe Biden in that briefing yesterday after that special counsel report basically said the special counsel is not going to pursue any kind of charges or trial against Joe Biden and his mishandling of classified documents. Some of the mishandling was actually recorded by uh, uh, somebody that was working on an autobiography of Joe Biden. They actually had recordings of him talking about and revealing some of these secrets to this this author. They had audio recordings of this. It's pretty condemning. But what Joe Biden is arguing is, no, I am fit to stand trial. That's what he's arguing. Yeah. He, because the special counsel says we're not going to pursue because it wouldn't look good to have him on the stand. The jury would be sympathetic to the old man. They would see him as their grandfather, mm. and they would have compassion. That was the only reason why they didn't pursue it is because, well, they felt like he was so out of touch that he should be protected. Mm. He 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 should he should go ahead and run with this and, and stop pushing back. He needs to, to put on the old Vincent Gigante defense and slap on a bathrobe and walk up and down the sidewalk every single day and make people think he's just truly lost his mind. Now, you made a reference that some people may not know. So uh, catch up to Vincent the Chin Gigante. He was a... Uh, Gangster, uh, he, right? Yeah, he was one of the five, head of the five families, the uh, the, the uh, Genovese family. Okay. And, they, and he pretended to be crazy so he couldn't stand That's trial. right. He'd yeah. walk up and down and then he'd head back in after everybody saw him out there being being a, nut, a nutcase Wait and a he'd go, you, go conduct business. You're saying Joe's faking it? I'm just saying that... <laughs> I'm saying that he, he shouldn't give people the idea that he's he's more mentally fit than he is. Right. Because he may end up standing trial if he's not careful. This has become now a national security issue. Yes, it has. The world suspected that Joe was off his rocker, and now we know. Yeah. Now it's been confirmed. And and, and it, look how look how I mean we already looked weak, right? All all Joe Biden does is project weakness to the world. Yeah. And now now he's really project. The whole world sees that he's not mentally fit to run the, you know, the 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 free world. Yeah, man, we got so much to get to this morning. We haven't even brought up the Tucker Carlson, Vladimir Putin uh, interview. Yeah, more than two hours long. I know a lot of people have been texting this morning, you know, talking about it and sharing their thoughts. And well, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to it. And, and maybe you got a chance to see that last night, and uh, maybe some of the clips and that sort of thing. Uh, what do you think? 
Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. We'll play some of the audio here in a second, but we want to update you on a couple of local stories that um, have an immediate impact on you. Uh, there's a, a growing chance that you'll pay more for your water bill very soon. Yeah, the utility director, Shea Rawls-Rolson, says the city is putting a new focus on reusing water. And apparently that costs more money to reuse water. Well, she says ultimately it is saving, but we need to spend more money in order to be able to save more water. That's a hard sell, man. Well, it's something that she says already uh, saves about $10 million a year. But in order to expand the city's ability to reuse the water, she says it'll cost you uh, more each month. It would provide this dedicated funding source um, for... Uh, the reclaim system. Yeah, now she says they're proposing a 15 cent increase on each 1,000 gallons that you use at home or at your office. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that'll, so this will double that basically. Yeah. Retail customers pay the community benefit charge, which funds our customer assistance program. That's 15 cents per 1,000 gallons. We're proposing to add an additional 15 cents per 1,000 gallons. Yeah, it's one of several proposals that the Austin City Council will consider next month on this issue. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, listen. If, if if it saves money, that's that's you know that's all fine and dandy. But uh, you know, Austin Water always finds ways every single year. To, you know, we got to hike the rates for this reason. We got to hike the rates for that reason. Mm. So you know, whether it's gonna and this this I think is gonna really impact like large developments as they're moving oh, forward. Sure. Uh, but yeah, and, and, uh, you can guarantee that rates are gonna go up as as the city starts talking budget. I think people would be okay with this. I mean, it's not a lot, fifteen cents, right? I mean, how much more would that be on your bill at the end of the month? I, I don't know, three dollars probably, right? Yeah. But but it, but it does rub people the wrong way when you when you wake up some mornings and you hear that the city of Austin is the biggest water waster we got. They are with they? leaky pools and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, jump in at 512-836-0590. Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza is taking aim at the Austin Police Department again. That's his lifelong mission is to be, uh, you know, kind of the anti-cop, if you will. Right. Uh, yeah, this week Garza has, has again pressed the Department of Justice to investigate the APD for its role in the 2020 riots that led to uh, the indictments of 20 Austin police officers and the use of those less-than-lethal beanbag rounds. Garza says the APD top brass, they knew that the beanbag rounds were expired, but allowed them to be used for crowd control regardless. Yeah, the DOJ has not responded to uh, to Garza's request. Yeah. Now, well, uh, we had conversations from the get-go that uh, the beanbag rounds may be expired. It was part of some of the preliminary hearings with these police officers and their in indictments. Mm -hmm. uh, what the new information is... Is that the uh, that, it, that there was an incident in which uh, police used a beanbag round and uh, it inflicted a little bit more of a serious injury on one suspect, not related to the riots. So this was in uh, I think September of 2019. Is I, well, I think what it was there, there were uh, right around that time some some uh, concerns were raised, and I think early 2020 is when like the guy got hit, and they say that it was like. Uh, I can't remember exactly how they they described it, it but it, but it but it did a little too much damage. It caused a more penetrating wound. That's what it was. And uh, and and we learned that uh, the manufacturers of these beanbag rounds, uh, they only guarantee the rounds after you know up to five years, and then right. they say you got to replace them. They need to be replaced every five years on the top end. Uh, that may not have happened. Some at the uh, the police academy say that uh, there's no indication of expiration dates on the boxes. And uh, and I guess they were slow to pass the information on about the expired munitions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so uh, Jose Garza 
uh, has, I, I guess, made sure that the DOJ was aware of this that, by, by updating him of that fact. Garza was aware of this. The city council was aware of this. Top Brass at APD was aware of this. Yeah. But yet, the DA still indicted 20 cops and uh, tortured 20 families as a result of it for two years mm-hmm. of torment in the legal system. Yeah, and, and he's, he's obviously not done yet. I mean, I, I think he's, he's probably still licking his wounds, you know, after having to drop 17 of the indictments recently. You know, he wasn't happy about that. Yeah. Our little Bolshevik district attorney that we've got. Uh, but I, 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 he's... We haven't heard, you know, and this is a re-election year for him, too. So I, I think that, that this is probably a bit strategic on that front as and well. He, and, and he's now got some real competition, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got a couple of uh, potential uh, candidates as uh, competition. Mm-hmm. It is uh, 625. Uh, listen, uh, the Other Ones Foundation, that is the group, uh, the nonprofit that actually runs Camp Esperanza. Uh, Camp Esperanza was the uh, the homeless encampment that was established by Governor Greg Abbott. Well, now that uh, TxDOT is looking to expand I-35, they become aware that when they expand and, and work on the construction of I-35, they may, um, I don't know, they may force some tenants of the bridges to move. They may displace the homeless. They may displace the homeless from the bridges that they sleep underneath. So therefore, uh, the TxDOT has decided to purchase some land near Camp Esperanza to, uh, to expand it. And, and I'll be honest with you, Camp Esperanza is a true success. It's working out just fine over there. I agree. If, I think. If we're going to do this anywhere, I, that's the place to do it because it's run by responsible people. You know, it, it just, unlike in the city of Austin where it's just the Wild West, it's a free-for-all for everybody and, yeah. and everything is just chaos. Uh, it, it seems to be run very well managed over there. Yeah, as you know, uh, work is about to get underway on that I-35 project, Ben White to 290. Text.engineer engineer uh, Mike Aureliano, here's what he had to say. We knew that we might be possibly uh, displacing the unhoused, and so we took proactive steps to uh, start an initiative to try to address this several years ago. Yeah, the camp currently has about 200 small shelters. The additional land will actually double that capacity. It's out there near uh, Levander Loop and the uh, out there near the animal shelter. Yeah. As you're on your way to the airports in that area out there, yeah. So they've got. Uh, they, they think this is obviously this is something that we need. We need more space for people, you know, who need shelter and housing. And uh, like I said, if we're, if we're going to do this anywhere, you know, that that's that's a place to do it. Yeah, Mobile Loves and Fishes out at uh, Community First Village. They do a great job. Alan Graham, mm. this other one's foundation. Uh, I can't think of the gentleman's name that runs it, but he's called our show a few times. Uh, over the past couple of years, and maybe he'll call again. And Max Mosco, that's it. Yeah, yeah, Max, that's it. Yeah, yeah. the other ones and and uh, Mobile Loaves are they they really are are models for how this this issue should be addressed. I think. Six thirty two here on the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, you could join us at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Did you get a chance to uh, see or hear some of the uh, the Supreme Court's uh, uh, arguments? Yeah, Colorado is trying to uh, remove Donald Trump from the ballots uh, in the name of insurrection, mm-hmm. even though no insurrection happened. It was a riot. There was some violence. People got out of hand, and, and, and they got prosecuted for it, right? Sure. Well, uh, Colorado was hell-bent, and several other states, they're hell-bent on, on keeping Donald Trump off the ballots. So they're uh, throwing this insurrection thing and saying that um, because, you know, there are many uh, constitutional amendments that say that if you're an insurrectionist, you can't run for office again. Mm-hmm. And so here we go. The uh, Supreme Court got a chance to hear some 
incredibly weak arguments uh, from uh, from the Colorado lawyer that was representing the state there. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, 512-836-0590. Here's the exchange with uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Ketanji Brown. The Colorado Supreme Court concluded that the violent attempts of the petitioner supporters uh, in this case to halt the count uh, on January 6th qualified as an insurrection uh, as defined by Section Three and I read your opening brief to accept uh, that those events counted as an insurrection, um, but then your reply seemed to suggest that they were not. So, wh- what is your position oh, as to that? We never accepted or conceded in our opening brief that this was an insurrection. What we said in our opening brief was President Trump did not engage in any act that can plausibly be characterized as insurrection. All right. So this, why would not this not engage. be an insurrection? What is your argument that it's not? Your reply brief says that it wasn't because I think you say um, it did not involve an organized attempt to overthrow right. the government. So That's one of many reasons, but for an insurrection there needs to be an organized, concerted effort to overthrow the government of the United States through violence. And this and so riot the point is that a chaotic effort to overthrow the government is not an insurrection? No, we didn't concede that it's an effort to overthrow the government either, Justice Jackson. Right? None of these criteria were met. This was a riot. It was not an insurrection. The events were shameful, criminal, violent, all of those things. But it did not qualify as insurrection as that term is used in Section 3. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the Supreme Court justices seem to be skeptical about Colorado disqualifying the former presidents and the 2024 Republican presidential frontrunner. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, you know, on the state's primary ballots. Uh, Here's more from reporter Jared Halpern. The case is about Colorado, but justices recognize the decision could go well beyond a single state's borders. This question of whether a former president is disqualified for insurrection uh, to be president again is, you know, just say it, it sounds awfully national to me. Justice Elena Kagan worried a Secretary of State's decision to leave a candidate off the ballot is going to make the difference between, you know, whether candidate A is elected or candidate B is elected. I mean, that seems quite extraordinary, doesn't it? It's not clear how soon justices could deliver an opinion, but they already agreed to fast-track the case with primary election season underway. In Washington, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Yeah, what do you make of this? Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. You think it'll be a, a 9 to 0, you think? 9081. It's 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 got it's going to it's going to be one or the other. Sure. Uh, there's no way Trump loses here. The only thing that happens is Trump wins massively. And his, of course his poll numbers are going to jump because they always do. I mean, can you believe that, that, that this is 2024 mm. and we have to argue at the United States Supreme Court, that a man who was never charged with insurrection, never convicted of insurrection, was a sitting president with immunity at the time, in a country where you're innocent until you're proven guilty in a court of law, has to defend himself because a bunch of rabid, insane liberals decided he was guilty of an insurrection. Not from a court ruling, just, you know, they want him guilty in their own mind. Right. But, I mean, we've got got all... it just a well, modicum listen. of common sense would tell you that this yeah. is a horrible precedent to set. Well, listen, uh, I, I'm just curious, folks. Uh, you, you, you on the left, uh, you got to be angry this morning. It was. It's been a very bad week for your party. Not just that special counsel report, but also this Supreme Court proceeding. It's it's been a really bad for uh, the Democrat left. And I'm just curious. Are you are you starting to realize that you've been tricked? You've been duped. You've been lied to. You were tricked and duped and lied to. You were bamboozled with the Russian collusion. Used. You were used and lied to. And, uh, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, Jesse Smollett and uh, the pull-down ropes and things like that and mask, 
Are you starting to realize how the mainstream media and the big political machine fueled by Big Pharma has been lying to you this whole time? Mm. Mm. So who's going to be your candidate now? Uh, 512-836-0590. Listen, members of the Biden administration faced some tough questions yesterday over accusations uh, that it's been targeting certain Americans who were at or near the Capitol on January the 6th and basically using their bank accounts to track their transactions. Mm. Fox Business reporter Hillary Vaughn has more. I'm not taking questions. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen may not be taking questions from us, but she is facing them from lawmakers. As the Treasury Department is being accused of targeting Americans' bank transactions as part of its hunt for people involved in January 6th. Fox obtained recommendations distributed to banks telling them to look for red flags that could be a sign that someone is a homegrown violent extremist. That included political terms and transactions like Trump, MAGA, Biden, or Kamala, large purchases from Dick's Sporting Goods, Cabela's, or Bass Pro Shop, or purchases of any religious books. Yeah, now the Treasury Department says the bank's cooperation is voluntary. Mm. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. And some of those banks, Oprah, wellingly volunteered uh, information. Yeah, this... Uh, all of the stuff that that you know, all those those search terms and all that that they were looking looking into, mm. none of anyone's business. It, it, it I, this is just to me, this is just a another little subversive effort mm-hmm. to whittle away at your gun rights. Yeah, you know, oh, to, absolutely, and, and to and to paint you as a as a potential terrorist if you just you know own a gun. Yeah, it's it's a backdoor way to create some sort of registry. Right, right. And the ATF even tells these uh, these uh, these sporting goods stores to to keep your documentation forever. Right, it used to be for ten years, if I'm correct, uh, but now they say keep it forever. What an incredible burden that is for uh, a lot of businesses out there. I, I, it would have to be absolutely. Uh, I, it's it's a dangerous it's a dangerous game that they're playing, and and I, it's it's one of countless times that the government has overstepped its boundaries recently. Well, as lawmakers in our nation's capital continue to debate the $60 billion-plus in additional funding for, uh, you know, weaponry and things like that for Ukraine to fight the Russians, uh, former Fox News host and uh, journalist uh, Tucker Carlson sat down in an interview last night with uh, Vladimir Putin. It was aired last night. So it was recorded the day before. And uh, and maybe you got a chance to watch it. You, you, you're not going to see a whole lot of it on, uh, you know, mainstream media or, or you know, some of these mainstream news outlets. Right, right. But, uh well, it's on X, it's on Tucker Carlson's website, and what well, we wanted to play a portion of this just to get your thoughts. One of uh, our senior United States senators from the state of New York, Chuck Schumer, said yesterday, I believe, that we have to continue to fund the Ukrainian effort or U.S. soldiers, citizens could wind up fighting there. How do you assess that? It's a provocation. This is a provocation, and a cheap provocation at that. I do not understand why American soldiers should fight in Ukraine. There are mercenaries from the United States there. The bigger number of mercenaries comes from Poland, with mercenaries from the United States in second place, and mercenaries from Georgia in third place. Well, if somebody has the desire to send regular troops, that would certainly bring humanity to the brink of very serious global conflict. This is obvious. Do the United States need this? What for? Thousands of miles away from your national territory, 
Don't you have anything better to do? You have issues on the border, issues with migration, issues with the national debt, more than 33 trillion dollars. You have nothing better to do, so you should fight in Ukraine? Wouldn't it be better to negotiate with Russia, make an agreement, already understanding the situation that is developing today, realizing that Russia will fight for its interests to the end? And realizing this, actually return to common sense, start respecting our country and its interests, and look for certain solutions. It seems to me that this is much smarter and more rational. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, a portion from that Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin interview on X. What do you think? I mean, uh, our lawmakers really haven't done a very good job explaining or selling, you know, the pitch to why we should continue funding Ukraine. Not other, really. other than uh, Chuck Schumer saying, well, we got to because, well, if we don't, then we got to send American blood. Yeah, otherwise he's going to march into Poland like what? Adolf Hitler or something. And and, and it's... It, and and he Tucker talked to him about that. Putin said, you know, the only time that we had attacked Poland is if they attacked us first. Can you imagine a scenario where you sent Russian troops to Poland? Only in one case, if Poland attacks Russia. Why? Because we have no interest in Poland, Latvia or anywhere else. Why would we do that? We simply don't have any interest. It's just threat mongering. Yeah, just threat mongering. Uh, there you go. Now, what do you make of this? Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. The Russian leader said the U.S. had more pressing domestic issues to worry about. He's right. He's right about that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the debt, uh, the border crisis, you know, a, a variety of issues. Well, uh, that interview uh, came as U.S. lawmakers debate whether to provide more money and more weapons for Ukraine's war efforts. It also aired uh, the same day that the Ukrainian president, Zelensky, replaced a popular army chief with his uh, his ground forces commander. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 at the very end of that interview, Tucker asked him about Evan Gerskovich. He did. He pressed him on that. Hey, he, he actually said, can I take him home now? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was that was bold. And Putin made it, you know, at least appeared, he's, you know, almost like he's willing to, yeah, you know, we can negotiate a swap. Perhaps mm. you know uh, he kind of indicated. Still unfortunate that, that he's sitting in that in that jail, and and we ended up with Brittany Griner instead. That's you true. Know? That's true. Um, but Putin did not sound like he was opposed to working something out to get him released. And I think it's about time that he he is. He's been in there almost a year. Mm -hmm. It was March of last year. Texter says we help Ukraine because the Clinton agreement to rid Ukraine of nuclear weapons is a return payment. Apparently. Mm. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, yeah. Well, jump in here, 512-836-0590 uh, here on the Todd and Oz Show. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you, too. Uh, listen, uh, a side note story uh, in regards to these uh, these banks that have been cooperating with the Treasury Department. I think we should dive a little bit deeper into that. That seems very, uh, I don't know. It, it, it seems like... Uh, it seems like a lack of trust with your banks now. Sure. And I don't think that's something that the banks want, right? I mean, trust they don't is need the, it. Trust is the ultimate thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there, you know, there, there's been some some trust issues already, you know, over in recent years. They certainly don't need any more problems. Yeah. And and, and several banks have, have voluntarily cooperated with the Treasury Department as they were investigating folks uh, who may have made some purchases in and around January the 6th while they were in the nation's capital. Mhm. Mm uh, you know, the, the banks fully voluntarily cooperating, that sort of thing. Has it made you switch banks? Just curious, you know, some folks out there. Did you, have you switched banks on this front? 
yeah, I mean, I can understand why you would, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Well, and and the the gun owners that that's the group, right? Gun gun owners of America. Uh, that's that that's been uh, like calling for for uh, some oversight or, right. or to look into this, and yeah, they're GOA. they're saying. Uh, you know, Congress can't allow the feds to just continue establishing these these and, and, and expanding these databases on guns and gun owners. It, it's I mean, it is a, a blatant infringement upon your privacy. Uh, you have a Second Amendment right for a reason. And that doesn't mean that, yeah, you have a Second Amendment. And then by by proxy, we also look at you as a terrorist. Right. Uh, if you want to, you know, enjoy your Second Amendment. Right. All, all, all the things involved are legally purchased things. Correct. Yeah. By law abiding citizens. Yeah. Right. Now, uh, the state of Hawaii is making some changes when it comes to gun laws. That is correct. This is pretty interesting, yeah. Uh, this came out of the uh, the Hawaii's high court. They ruled that uh, Second Amendment rights, as interpreted by the United States Supreme Court, don't necessarily extend to Hawaiian citizens. They cite the spirit of aloha. Uh, it was uh, penned by Hawaii Supreme Court Justice Todd Eddins, and he says uh, they retain authority to require all individuals to hold permits before carrying any firearms in public. Uh, and that they are they no Hawaiian citizen is afforded the right to carry firearms in public places for any self defense reasons. All right, so they're pushing back on the open carry or constitutional mm-hmm. open carry. Yeah, uh, they say the spirit of aloha clashes with a federally mandated lifestyle, letting citizens walk around with deadly weapons during day to day activity. Can you explain spirit of uh, of what? Spirit of aloha. Okay, what they, does that mean? Uh, I mean, does it mean peace, love, that kind of thing? Is that what it means? Is that what they're referring to? Yeah. Well. I don't. I guess so. Yeah, yeah you know, because I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really concerned about the spirit of Hawaii. I'm not concerned concerned about the spirits. I'm more concerned about the law. Right. 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 You well, know? they're they're saying that uh, you know we do things differently over here in the Pacific, and uh, it, we don't want anybody walking around carrying guns. That means if a criminal might be out there carrying guns, because you know they would. I mean, they have some. They have a lot of crime there. And oh Honolulu. yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of poverty there. You have no way to defend yourself in public. Well, you know. Um, but they, I, I, it's it's bothersome to me the way that they say that that their their beliefs clash with the Second Amendment, the federally mandated lifestyle of letting citizens walk around with deadly weapons, as they call it. Sounds um, like the spirit of uh, what's it? The spirit of what? Spirit of aloha. Sounds like the spirit of aloha is uh, runs counter to the Constitution. A little bit. Yeah. That's the way it feels, right? Uh, Jimbo checking in from Valente this morning. Jimbo, what you got, my friend? Good morning. Yes, sir. Um, listen, I listened to that interview, and uh, that's that's amazing. I think uh, my, my thought is that Elon Musk is changing the world with the availability of uh, things like this. It's, it's pretty incredible. When you listen to this guy, Putin... Um, he he does not appear to be, in in my humble opinion, uh, an evil person, and he's got in that two hour interview. You probably hear Tucker Carlson talk for ten minutes or less. The entire mm-hmm. two hours is Putin stating history and his ideas about how his their relations with Ukraine started and all of that. It's amazing. Yeah, and I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys, man. We're we're uh, yeah. we're getting informed. We're getting informed and updated, and you guys are part Woo-hoo-hoo! of it. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you, Jimbo. Jimbo. Thank you, Jimbo. Yep. I appreciate that. No, you're right. Uh, you, you, without uh, Twitter and X, you may not have ever heard that conversation at all. Where I mean, where would you have? Where Where would it go? Right? Where would you have? Because yeah. these, these major, mainstream media outlets wanted no part of it. There are yeah. a lot of them already coming out saying, "Don't listen to anything he says. Everything he says will be a lie." Well, listen, I still take it with a grain of salt. Absolutely, because, because he's he's Vladimir Putin, right? Yeah, he's, he's Russian. We we all grew up, uh, you know, having some real 
doubt and concern about Russians, right? Well, we grew up in the Cold War. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we have maybe a little bit different stance. The Todd and Oz Show, weekday mornings 5 to 10 on News Radio KLBJ. Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com.